to We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today on the pod, I have a friend of mine, John. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you much, Paige. Pleasure to be here. Yay! I'm so excited to get into it with you. But before we start the podcast, I wanted to let you guys know that our fundraising goal, we are still working on our campaign. We're trying to raise $10,000 by December 31st. If you could go to We Are No Alamo, www.patreon.com slash we are no alamo you can donate five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars twenty five dollars what that's going to do is help pay for legal fees everything associated with starting a nonprofit organization we really need your help to continue work on this podcast work on this organization keep the lights on, keep the lights on. yeah pay for that water um, also Keep emailing us your questions, comments, we are no alamo at gmail.com. One of those emails is coming to us right now from JC. I manage it fairly well now, and I had a few panic attacks in the last couple of months after years without getting them, and I couldn't get a good grip on why. So I started doing a therapy so I started going to therapy again. The problem was when I went to grad school for mental health care- counseling, I dropped out around halfway through. And I'm now a behavioral therapist and graduate student in a different program, behavioral analysis. So I have a hard time receiving counseling because I tend to overthink and analyze their methods and such. And it's not particularly productive for me. So after five to six weeks of trying counseling, I decided to eat a bunch of mushrooms and go in a sensory deprivation tank for two hours. (laughs) Not a good idea. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about this. I don't really recommend it, but a lot of good came from it, even though the experience was fucking terrifying. And he continues. So, I had done mushrooms before recreationally, but never the amount I took before the deprivation tank. And I never, but I never got into the tank. Those things are probably fine by themselves, but I was basically trying to induce a bad trip so to work through it which I don't recommend doing at all. This is hilarious, by the way. This is <laughs> do, do what I say, don't know what I do, but I love it. Please send it. It's great. Which I don't recommend doing at all. Most of the research I had read involved carefully controlled clinical trials in the presence of a therapist to help the person work through the stuff they'd experienced. I would consider trying to find a therapist, or I consider trying to find a therapist to sit with me for a trip, but that shit sort of hit the fan when they got their license revoked, so it seemed like it'd be shitty to ask someone else. Anyway, I decided to control four external stimuli uh, via a sensory deprivation tank. Uh, it was terrifying, neat, and helpful. Uh, the day after I had the day after that experience, I had the worst panic attack I've ever had in years, and I was very weirdly sensitive to immediate input. So while I don't regret it, and it seems to have positive and so far enduring effects, I'd still caution that it's a dumb fucking idea, and it was only done after countless traditional methods of alleviating anxiety and depression were attempted. Thank you for what you do, JC. Oh, P.S. These substances are discouraged for people with bipolar or schizophrenia. There's a book covering most of the existing research called How to Change the Mind, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence. John, what do you think of... Hallucinogenic substances and mental health. <laughs> Have you ever done mushrooms before, basically? Mental health and mushrooms is what this podcast is called. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, uh, I am a fan of mushrooms. Um, I forget their scientific name at this point in time. Maybe because I can't pronounce it. No, it's not that either. <laughs> it's, um, there's a whole class about it. Um, they're actually, in my personal opinion, 
uh, depending on who you are and what you're going through, they can be very beneficial. And there's research to back that statement up. Um, but what they're doing now from what I understand is like, you know, they're doing the placebo. You either don't know if you have it or you don't. It's clinically monitored. You have two therapists. You don't know if you've taken the psychedelic or not? No, you don't. But they still have the two therapists with you in the room to coach you through the next six hours of your trip. Wait. Did you talk about... You've been married before, right? Yeah, I have. So what did your ex-wife do? So she was a clinical psychologist. All right. So you basically have an MR degree in psychology? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. I helped her. An ex-husband degree. Yeah, I have an ex-husband degree in clinical psychology. So you got a little bit of experience in this. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, so whenever you're talking about it, like what is your experience with that sort of health resource? Uh, It can be very beneficial to certain individuals. Um, Otherwise, you can very well slip into something very dangerous at the same time. Just like what JC was talking about? Exactly, like... Certain mental disorders. Do not recommend that, by the way. Oh, nope. P.S. We are not medical professionals. Nope. We're just here having a good time, opening up a dialogue about mental yep. health. We do not, anyway, recommend. Please don't go out there and eat mushrooms substances. thinking it's going to make your life better tomorrow. They're illegal. We are only talking about it because it is fucking interesting. It is. And I wish someone had told me, don't take mushrooms because of MI other than don't do it because of peer pressure, because I probably wouldn't have had so much anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. Never done mushrooms before, never planning to. John, back to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Back I, to you, I've, John. I've had some amazing experiences, some very esoteric ones, and I've also had some very dangerous ones. Um, in my personal What was your most, yeah, your personal experience with the most like exciting, mentally stimulating trip versus like the worst one? Okay. So the best one would have been um, me and my old roommate, you know, we ate them. We kind of put on just chill music and relaxed for about six hours. And both of us were in a good place mentally and physically in our lives. Like, we weren't, like, going through anything traumatic. We were just wanting to see what would happen and expand our mindset. Um, see if we could peel the onion a little bit. We were both kind of on that Timothy Leary trip. You know, like, hey, let's, let's, let's try this out, see if we can experience something outside of ourselves that might help us awaken. And that was an amazing experience. Um, I mean, I've had multiple on mushrooms with certain people that afterwards, I, you just feel different. But at the same time, I've also been in a place where I was in a deep depression and was like, hey, I'm going to do something stupid. I'm in a bad mood. I'm looking to get out of myself for a minute. And so let's, hey, let's eat a whole bunch of mushrooms or do <laughs> bad idea. Um, yeah. Six hours of crying in a black hole curl up in a corner in a fetal position is not a fun day. Danny, do you want to do mushrooms? Because <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> I Why would, the hell? I don't think I have interest. They grow out of shit, right? They do. <laughs> Unless they're grown in a lab. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Because you have dysle- I was almost called it listicia. dyslexia mm-hmm. and a processing disorder mm-hmm. and depression. Yep. Those are called comorbid. Comorbid? I think so. Diagnoses, which is basically a diagnosis added on top of another one. For example, I have depression. Well, Bipolar disorder, which is manic depressive and generalized anxiety, along with PTSD and OCD tendencies. So those are comorbid disorders. Did you ever think about that one time before you even decided to take? It was before I was in real good therapy. Um, No, afterwards... Because you were 19 when you started going to therapy, so when was the first time you did mushrooms? I was... Oh, I was 20. You were 20? Yep. 
This is interesting. Continue. Yep. I didn't actually, so my first therapist, I said was a priest. I didn't go into like actual therapy, therapy with a true therapist until I was 24. What do you mean true therapist? Someone had a degree. All right. An educated human. No, I mean, not saying that priests aren't educated. I but, say, hold up. Wait a minute. But Wait, priests uh, don't have degrees? They do. At least in my church, they did. But in this aspect, they did not have a mental health degree. They didn't. Well, actually, they do have degrees, though. Yeah, most of them. Do they, they really? Go, yeah, they go to, they have a degree in, like, I think it's, like, preteology. It's, um, yeah, there's um, they go to seminary like, school. Seminary school. So they, but they, that's not every, that's not all, that's only Catholicism, Episcopals. That's yeah, well, not I all know, of them. But, yeah. yeah, there's definitely probably some out there that are old school that don't have any kind of degree whatsoever. I was going to say, I thought you were appointed by God with degrees. I mean, yeah. that's how I got my two master's degrees. I'm kidding. And I'm the Pope. Uh, <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. Welcome to Dale. Welcome, hey, the welcome to We Are No right? Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Pope. Yes. Oh, our listener base has dropped so much. Trust me, every listener out there can relate to debt, school debt especially. Oh, my Thank God. Thank you. It's a whole so. nother beast, man. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Back to mushrooms. <laughs> Yay. What was the most fun part? The most fun part was actually peeling the onion. That's where I was getting at. So when you talk about onions, brain. Yeah, can you? Can Introspective. You, yeah, what the hell? It, it's literally. <laughs> somebody who hasn't done mushrooms, it sounds very. Yeah, I'm like, I'm waiting. You're speaking. Danny you're and speaking I are like, like tell us what it's like. So, <laughs> you have like these riddles. About <laughs> exactly. So it depends. You're on talking the, to kindergartners. And that's fantastic. I love it. So. In other words, you go someplace deep in your mind and you can experience things within them and you can awaken things within them. At least that's what my experience was in my good times. Um, either it would be exuberant joy from just being around the people I cared about or it could have been just like I remember like this lot, those one time and all I can remember was seeing a smile on my own face for six hours. That sounds so fucking Like just, just and afterwards being happy, joyous, and free. Like not worried about Oh, does that person like me? Did I say the right thing to this person? Did that my paper was it good enough? Like it, this didn't take away my fear, but it allowed me to access that part of myself that was okay with that fear. Let me ask you a question. After everything you're describing right now, yeah, I guess this is the nerd in me that wants to please kind of dip, dip my toe in the nerd, nerd sauce. Absolutely. Um, it's just mild, mild or hot or habanero <laughs> nerd sauce. No, yeah, habanero. After everything what he's saying, why do we always come back to Taco Bell? I, I uh, do you believe that like. Maybe the Joker in the Dark Knight is doing shrooms the whole entire time. Thank you. Well, he was psychotic, so I would say he could have done them and had a break. So yes, maybe that no, did come. Yeah, that's psychosis. But, <laughs> no, but in the idea that he's just like very like that like he doesn't care about anything. That's just sociopath, like free, right? Free, flowing, burning money. Like oh, that's I'm gonna true. do whatever I want to do, regardless. Peeling the onion. I would say that would be the. The exact opposite, or I forget the exact, the exact term for that, but I think they're both exact extremes of each other. Um, one was he doesn't care about anything anymore. One was you don't care about your problems necessarily, but you're happy with who you are. There's a difference. The Joker, from my understanding, was never really okay with whom and what he became. And the mushrooms would allow you to, at least allowed me and things I read about, to accept circumstances. Like one of the studies I've been reading about uh, with mushrooms specifically talking about like with people who are terminally ill or going through cancer and they're having a hard time dealing with what they're going through, but it allows them to access a part of themselves with proper medical treatment around them to be, come to terms with what's going on and then to still live an active life or a healthier life 
until the end. So I think that's the difference. If that makes sense. It makes I made sense a, coherent a argument. little bit. Um, how, how are you guys diagnosing that since you both yeah. pretty, pretty, you guys have a very in-depth knowledge of all of this, way more than I do. How would you guys, like, for the people that are into that kind of thing, listening to the podcast that go through depression, because obviously there's also, there's no... No, there's levels. Yeah, there's levels. But Where would pain. you diagnose a character like him from a... From, 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 <laughs> from, from a I just want, I want you to take a shot Daddy. at it. See, I can't diagnose See, I'm, shit. I'm here to bring a little spice to this podcast. I love it. But I would say the Joker would probably have to be an antisocial personality disorder or somebody with borderline <laughs> personality disorder. One of those two, from my experience with the two. Um, mainly because nothing outside of themselves matters. They're not trying to do it to help people. Like, the Joker is not doing anything good for anyone else. So I'm going to blow himself. your mind right now. What I'm about just, what, you just said, what you just said, I actually watched the documentary on, um, on Heath Ledger. And like Who's his, an awesome. And his, Who was his dive into the character. Mm-hmm. Like, his, like, the journals and everything he did beforehand. And he was clinically diagnosed as being antisocial. Like, he, he technically took what he had and times it by, like, 30 for mm-hmm. that character. Wow. Yep. So that's pretty wild if you think about it. Like that, this character is so beloved by all these individuals for who he is. Like for so many types of mediums too, like an art medium, and like an actual animated medium, and then a person. But it makes you like think. Like I watched that movie, and like I'm rooting for him more than I'm rooting for Batman. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, weird. It's a mental. But but it's also who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the other. Yeah. He's the 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 beat upon the person who came from hell. You gotta love the guy in some aspects still because I mean. Wait, wait, wait. were you a philosophy major? I was. Ah! Yes. You have it. You have it. You have it. You smell of it all over you. All over you. (laughs) Pop that collar. That nicely pressed collar. (laughs) It's so not pressed. It's so not pressed. (laughs) You're a downy it's commercial right nice, now. Nice, it's a nice collar. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's I think awesome. that should be your next episode. <laughs> finally press collars? No, not finally press collars. Um, <laughs> Superheroes taking, and mental illness. Taking yeah. uh, very, very important characters that are in film and diagnosing them. like where, Breaking them down. Breaking them down. Like the Joker's a huge one. Uh, um, I mean, you have so many. Bronson. Yep. We could just do Tom Hardy. Just Tom Hardy, Bronson. Have you seen Bronson? On, uh, yeah. And yep. Warrior? Warrior, dude, that movie I cried. Son, the father yes! and some dynamic in Warrior is like unprecedented to this day for me. I was sweating, dude. For the I'm first like time sweating. I'm left without knowing what the movie that these two are talking oh, about. Spoiler God. alert: an so... arm gets broken, worse than The Departed. Yeah, I that Best movie, scene. that pisses me off. That movie pisses me off because not enough people saw that movie. Not enough people. Thank you. And it's it's fantastic. It's a fantastic okay. Movie. I will have to watch this movie now. It's got it's Damn. got Tom Hardy. It's got a beat up like. Beat up, rugged, like I'm over drunk, McNulty. Yeah, okay, that's got a job. bunch of H and M. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, it, and what's that other guy's name? That other actor that's in it. Ah, um, uh, the one that's not as good. He was in it. Comes at night, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's a the brother. He was just in the movie with Jennifer Lawrence, where it got like all this, like this weird. Uh, oh yeah, it uh, mother, and that movie was horrible, by the way. Not mother, not Javier Bardem. The other one, where she was like the Russian spy, and everyone made a big. Oh, I never it. saw that one. Oh wait, okay, who was it? I'm looking this up right now. I think I know who you're talking about. But Stall, John. Yeah, whatever. Wait, where do I look, Danny? I he was in that weird movie with uh, with um, go to IMDb and look up uh, 
Yeah, go on the IMDb. Crazy Rich Asians is what comes up immediately. Of course it is. Let's diagnose someone in Crazy Rich Asians. Let's not. Someone has narcissistic personality disorder in order to be that rich. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Pop me, Kevin. But I really think that oh. I really think the next episode you should really dive into that because I think it would bring it would, people are are. I mean, I, I'm definitely. I would definitely yeah, man. Like that. Everyone, comment, leave comments in the section. Which is your favorite superhero character, and what do you think they should be or might be diagnosed with? Like or, Batman has definitely got some issues. Batman's definitely well, yeah. got some. He saw his mom and dad get murdered. I mean, like, come on. That's going to create some issues. I mean... I mean, let's just... It made a trilogy. No. The thing is weird about it is that... More than that. They made a lot of movies about Batman. Because he's, like, technically the character is, like... Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is the real person. Yep. Do you think everyone in these movies definitely did mushrooms in order to get into character? I don't think so, but probably. I think... Of, Whoa! I think, I think... We of, got John running for sin in everybody. No, but I think a lot Never. Of, I think a lot of these movies are... Uh, a lot of these like big characters that have become popular, they're stemmed off of people that have issues. Well, Spike Lee talks about that, or Stanley. Sorry, not Spike Lee. Stanley talks about how a lot of them are dichotomies within themselves. Almost, almost, but not quite. Um, one's black, one's white. Yeah, one one's comic book hero, one isn't. Um, but anyway, like I think a lot of his, his characters, especially like even if you look at look at Superman, dual personalities. One moment he's Clark Kent, one moment he's Superman. What does that say? That was, you know what, man? That's a good idea. <laughs> not, like, Argument. Not, no, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all wear masks. All these people like shitting on uh, these new DC movies and these Superman movies and how bad they are. They're not. And I keep saying the same thing. Oh, like, wait, I shit on a, all of them. Yeah, but they're making a mistake with the Superman movies. They need to focus more on the, on his character, on like, on like his personal issues and what he goes through as being Superman, as opposed to him just beating the shit out of a building for two hours. Yeah. Like, him and the, the relationship... It's the dyslexic child who is allergic to kryptonite, which is therapy. Well, Actually, <laughs> sounds about right. It sounds good. But that's what was so amazing I don't understand about, you. I'll punch you. That, that's exactly. what was so amazing about um, the, um, you know, the uh, Christopher Reeve uh, movies was that the dynamic between Lois Lane and Superman was yep. so... It was so emphasized. And it was, like, amazing to watch because you actually saw the character as a whole... Like, you, you dove more into who he was per, from a personality yep. perspective yeah. as opposed to him just being Superman or I'm corny and I have all the powers in the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Or oh, 007 yeah. using the women as a pawn. But where I'm going with Lois this, Lane. Yeah, I'm where, the feminist coming in, baby. <laughs> where I'm going with the, Women to me. Where are you going? Go you on. Know, no, where I'm going with this, like, I guess the segue, like, I'm trying to connect all this together in a way that's saying like, it's just amazing to me how throughout all these years before you talk about depression, anxiety, all these different kinds of, um, you know, all these different kinds of things that people have that they have to walk around with, and all these years we've been watching things as big as film, entertainment, and being entertained by these characters who, if you were to sit back and diagnose them, literally have issues. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, most major literature, like you look at Moby Dick, yep. the search for the white whale, um... Like, there's so many, like, go back through literature, it's all, not necessarily talking about mental health issues, but talking about issues that every human has. Um, and I think MI is the difference, is that we take it to an extreme. And I'm glad you brought that up real quick, because pain is pain, and that's yeah. a big thing that I've been talking about with people lately, is depression, you are in such a deep, dark hole, and you feel that everything is terrible and worse, but or terrible, awful, whatever, you can get out of it for a minute, and you 
start comparing yourself to other people's um, hardships or, you know, I am depressed and I'm not eating, but at least I'm not eating because I'm from a third world country. It's like pain is pain, period. And that's a big thing I learned from therapy. You cannot, you know, compare yourself to other people's pain, which is hard because you that is, in my opinion, part of human nature, right? Mm-hmm. You're constantly comparing yourself to something else, just like searching for, oh, you know, uh, that... Don't mean to interrupt you, but you've been in IOP. I've been yeah. in IOP. I know people Intense that... met patient for those in the know. Yeah, yeah. or it just, I mean, I went to long-term group therapy for years, and I'd meet people that were like, were homeless, destitute for a while, this and that, and I'm like, I never got that far. I, I mean, I'm pretty good. <laughs> As I knocked the mic over, because I'm an idiot... But it's oh like, God. no, seriously. So I see Whoa, people who... Are, yo, pain is pain. The mic that, you, is down. You people, you're like, oh, <laughs> mics over here. I, know, right? I didn't get that far, so I'm okay. But the truth is, we, uh, it was their pain wasn't my pain, and I can't really relate to that. Like, I can try, I can understand, and I can under, like, do whatever I can, but we, no matter what, oh, see, I didn't get to this level. If I get to that level, I'll need more help. That's the problem. It's whatever level you hit your bottom at. Like, there's no bottom for everybody. It's a when bottom was your for bottom? You. Um, my bottom was in 2006. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, you really want to talk about that? Yes. All right. Uh, what do you want to know? I want to know what bottom is for you. We were talking about mushrooms and highs. Let's talk about real life and lows. All right. So for me, my bottom was um, because of my life choices at that time, I ended up in places that I never thought I could ever be um, around people who I didn't really knew existed and so and then getting in trouble like finally like everything caught up and everything started a process where I couldn't escape I couldn't lie anymore I couldn't hide anymore I couldn't disappear and at that point it was like hey either I go and get help or I'm going to be six feet under it's one of the two I don't really have a choice anymore so at that point it was like either I check myself in or I'm going to die do I know how? No. I'm pretty sure I know how. Or I actually get help and figure out what's going on that's making me get into escalation after escalation of riskier and riskier situations. Okay. What was what was that? Because August is about acceptance and awareness. Mm-hmm. When did the acceptance part come in after that awareness of these are probably not the best choices for me to be making right now? A year later. I mean, so I this start- is all early 20s, baby. Yeah, all, all right. my early 20s, like um, mid-20s. I think I was between like 25 and 27. And that's statistically significant. People usually get diagnosed with, mm-hmm. you know, an MI or some sort of mental health thing in their early 20s. Yep. So I don't know if, how old are you now? I am 38. Okay. John, thank you so much for being with us on We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast today. Is there anything that you want to leave our audience with today? If you are ever feeling like something's not right, just see somebody. I mean, I think the biggest thing in this country and with us in general, the matter, it doesn't matter who you are, is a stigma regarding seeking help. Um, it's one of the hardest things you can do. Um, if you're able to do it, props, man. Like, that's amazing. Like, seeking help, asking questions, going and talking to people. If you're lonely and you're feeling like something's not right, talk to somebody. Uh, people actually care. Um, you won't think so when you're in that state of mind, but that's there. Well, so people if- care about this podcast, man. Like, I've been so 
pleasantly surprised with the outpouring. I mean, even you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anytime. Honestly, um, very much enjoyed having you. Danny, thanks for being awesome, yeah. as always. You. So, you guys, we always talk about hitting up your support system if you're ever feeling lonely, like John was talking about before. If not, Suicide Hotline is always available. I've, like I've talked about before, I've been hospitalized twice, one voluntary, one involuntary. And I called the Suicide Prevention Lifeline both times. It's 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. They provide 24-7 support for people in distress. Please know that you're not alone because guess what, guys? We are no Alamo. We are no Alamo. That's yeah. right. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what? What? Huh? What? What? You're not alone because we are are no Alamo. Alamo. Yeah, y'all take care.